Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Previously on Succession. A podcast series designed to help you through the fantastic story of the Roy Empire. I'm Katie Puckrick. Succession, Season 1. A person wakes confused from a deep sleep, struggles through a dark bedroom to the bathroom, and takes a satisfying piss. A woman's voice calls out, Logan, where are you? A light blinks on. We see the puddle of urine on the carpet and an elderly man leaning above it. This is Logan Roy, media mogul, poor penis aimer. His wife, Marcia Roy, helps him back to bed. Cut to the back seat of an expensive car pulling up to a New York skyscraper. Meet Kendall Roy, oversized headphones on his ears, psyching himself up. He's edgy, tense, and rapping. Welcome to Succession. Kendall enters an impressive office and takes a seat. The man seated opposite, Lawrence Yee, the owner of Volter, tells Kendall, there's an issue with the takeover Kendall thought was a done deal. Kendall is stunned and scrabbles to salvage the talks, but Lawrence point blank declares he won't be letting the Neanderthal bloated dinosaur Logan Empire anywhere near his own company, leaving, fuck you, daddy's boy, and a reference to former drug abuse as a parting comment. One team member asks, do you want to phone your dad? No, I don't want to phone my dad, asking if anyone else wants to phone their dads and clarifying nobody wants to phone their dad. His mobile rings. It's his dad, asking if the deal is closed. Kendall says everything is just cool and asks if they're still good for the announcement. Logan hangs up. After getting stoned and throwing up through the eyes of a mascot costume he was wearing onto visitors at a theme park, Greg Hirsch, a.k.a. Cousin Greg, a small twig in the Logan family tree, calls his mom for advice. She tells him it's Logan's birthday and to get a flight to New York with a gift for his great uncle and get himself a job. Back in New York, Frank Vernon, a key part of the Logan Empire, is telling Kendall the deal with Lawrence is still off the table unless they offer stupid money. Enter Roman Roy, younger brother to Kendall and a huge wind-up merchant. Roman digs for info on how the deal is going, but Kendall keeps the disaster close to his chest. Roman mentions that Kendall is set to step up into the top job very soon, heir to their father's empire. Kendall tells him subtly to be quiet, 
but Roman says everyone already knows. Tom Wemskins is stressed about getting the perfect gift for Logan with his girlfriend, Shiv Roy, Logan's daughter, currently working in politics. He declares his gift-buying strategy a fucking disaster and asks for her help. She tells him her father won't be impressed regardless. He settles on an expensive watch. Ken and his team are still looking at the Lawrence deal. He suggests throwing in another 10 mil, maybe a blowjob, a reach around, and hell, he'll even cup his balls. Logan arrives to check in and has papers for Ken to sign. Kendall asks if the announcement about him being the successor to his dad is still good to go. Logan reassures him. As Logan returns home, he is stopped by Greg, who is instantly shoved into a wall by bodyguards. A panicked Greg quickly explains who he is and is allowed in. As they exit the elevator, they are greeted by shouts of surprise from the gathered Roy family and friends. Logan almost manages to pretend to be surprised. Connor Roy, Logan's eldest son, presents his dad a gift, keen for him to open it. Instead, Logan quickly moves on and introduces everyone to cousin Craig. Tom's attempt to present Logan with a flashy watch falls flat when Kendall appears, distracting attention as they offer congratulations, unaware the deal has gone tits up. Kendall tells his dad he's issued a call with the board at four so Logan can make the succession announcement, but before they confirm, Kendall's estranged wife, Rava Roy, arrives with her two children. Kendall welcomes them, and during a bout of small talk, cautiously raises the prospect of possible reconciliation, but Rava tells him she's seeing someone else. Greg stops Logan and asks for a job telling him it was the idea of his grandfather Ewan Roy, Logan's brother. Logan tells him all Ewan has to do is ask. We hear that Logan and Ewan have not spoken for a long time and that things aren't great between them. Logan reveals to his kids that he's adding his wife Marcia to the family trust and that she gets his seat on the board in the event of his death. Shiv complains that this gives her a double vote within the company. Kendall hears he's already signed. Ah, the paper's brought to the office earlier. Shiv wants to run it by her lawyers. Logan asks them all to have signed by 4 p.m. Logan then drops the real bombshell. He's going to give it a couple more years before standing down. Roman struggles to contain his laughter as Ken grasps with his now shattered dreams. Kendall confronts his dad. You fucked me, he said. Logan reveals he considers him weak and reminds him that only a few years ago, he was still in the nut house. Rehab, Dad. It's called rehab, Ken answers. Logan knows the deal with Lawrence went south and suggests he might stay on for another five or ten years before taunting his son. Are you going to fucking cry? After lunch, family and friends depart for a traditional Roy celebration game of softball. En route... Greg proposes that Ewan would give his seat to Greg. Logan seems open to the proposition. At the softball game, Logan asks Shiv to turn her back on politics and come into the company. She says if she did, she'd want the top job. And Logan listens. Tom approaches and presents the watch to Logan. Every time you look at it, it tells you exactly how rich you are, says Tom, pleased with himself. Logan laughs politely and hands the watch off to an aide. Later... Kendall is trying to convince Roman and Shiv to back him for the top job and come in as co-presidents. Both turn him down flat. Tom talks to Greg, 
Is this the start of something special? And plays passive-aggressive, asking if Greg would kiss him if asked. As Greg fumbles uncertainly, Tom guffaws again and said he was only joking. A kid watching the game is drafted in by Roman as one team are a player short, while Kendall makes a secret phone call dishing dirt on his dad, suggesting the family wants him out. Roman makes the kid a proposition that if he hits a home run, he'll give him a million dollars and writes the check. The kid hits the ball and runs, but just before reaching home base, he's tagged out by Tom. Roman laughs and tears the check in two as the distraught kid returns to his family on the sidelines. Kendall is back in the office to meet Lawrence again, hoping to strike a deal too sweet to be turned down. Back at the game, the kid and his family are asked to sign a non-disclosure agreement. They're left with the watch Tom bought for Logan as compensation. Before leaving, Logan tells Frank he's letting him go. Frank is furious at being booted so unceremoniously after 30 years' service. In the helicopters, Logan tries to get Shiv, Roman, and Connor to sign the papers. They refuse. Logan becomes incoherent and loses consciousness. The family hurry to get him to the hospital. In the office, with Kendall unaware of his dad's plight, Lawrence takes a secretive call. Immediately after, he agrees the deal. As soon as it is struck, Lawrence reveals that Logan has suffered a brain hemorrhage. And now Logan is not there to protect them. He's going to eat them all, one by fucking one. We begin with a panicked Kendall arriving at the hospital to see his ailing father. He meets Shiv, Roman, Connor, and Marcia as they all experience the social leveling that is being in a public hospital waiting for news. Kendall wonders if the hospital staff know who they are, who their dad is. Greg talks on the phone to his mom. She tells him, despite the situation with Logan, to make sure he gets a job sorted in the family. He complains he only has one $20 bill left to his name, which Shiv uses for the hospital vending machine, much to Greg's sadness. Ken watches a pre-prepared obituary announcement made by Logan's news team, ATN. Is it nice? asks Roman. Well, it doesn't say he's a prick, replies Kendall. Jerry Kilman, a long-standing part of Team Roy, arrives. She immediately whisks Kendall away from the group. As they walk, she tells him they need a plan in place. They arrive at what is basically a war room within the hospital, where other members of the Roy crew are setting up computers and phone lines. Kendall tries to explain that his dad is his main concern right now, but Jerry mentions that if word gets out about the lack of announcing Ken as successor, it might be problematic. Kendall then learns that his dad fired Frank and has promoted Roman in his place. They decide to say the lack of announcement was nothing. Elsewhere, Roman leads Shiv away from the crowds for a one-to-one chat and tries to talk her into signing the papers, bringing Marcia into the trust, but she's not sold. Back in the waiting room, Greg is trying his damnedest to drop seeds that Logan offered him a job and tells Marcia that if there's anything he can do, he will, and finds himself tasked with heading back to the home to get Logan's slippers and bed things. Roman also asks Greg to grab the envelopes containing the papers that bring Marcia into the trust. 
Connor is joined at the hospital by his girlfriend, Willa Ferreira, a young woman attracting scorn and disapproval from the clan, largely based on the substantial age gap and the fact that she's a high-profile call girl. Kendall tells Shiv and Roman the plan is to announce he takes over from their dad in the event Logan dies. Shiv is furious and says point-blank no, accusing him of plotting as their dad's life hangs in the balance. Tom approaches Marcia at Logan's bedside and awkwardly brings up that he was going to ask Logan if he could have his blessing to propose to Shiv. A doctor reveals Logan has had a hemorrhagic bleed, and because of his age, they won't operate. Shiv says it's not good enough and they'll move him, but she's overruled by Marcia. Out in the street, Kendall meets with Frank. He asks Frank to return and become acting chairman, suggesting they could do great things together. Frank refuses after being fired by Logan, but wishes him luck. Greg arrives at the Roy home for the slippers, but naturally snoops around a bit, too. Roman tells Shiv Greg is bringing the paperwork, and he's sure Connor will sign, leaving her looking pretty fucking heartless if she doesn't. Shiv calls Greg and sinisterly suggests he leave the papers Roman requested behind as a favor to her. Greg calls his mom again for advice before deciding to do Shiv's bidding. Kendall calls Lawrence, calls him Dickless Dickleby, and tells him to let other companies run what they want about Logan, but that theirs stay dark. After hanging up, Lawrence makes a call proposing his company put something together on the Roy family shit show, ignoring Ken. Roman and Shiv talk about succession. Shiv suggests Tom. Roman giggles. Shiv kind of agrees. How about Carl, she suggests. Blech, prick, says Roman. Eva, he says. Cunt says a no-holds-barred Shiv. They then mention Jerry, and she is chosen as the lesser of all evils. Roman approaches Jerry at the hospital. She is distracted. This is where they brought Baird, she says. Baird? asks Broom. My husband, Shiv's godfather, she answers. Roman laughs. Oh, Baird. How is he? He's dead, Jerry replies. A strong start from Roman. He apologizes that he sucks at the corporate flirt thing as he likes to lube up and fuck and reveals Ken as boss doesn't work for Shiv and him, but she would have their support to take the reins. Jerry turns him down. Kendall goes to Shiv, Roman, and Connor with the breaking news story released by Lawrence about the Roy family titled Shit Show at the Fuck Factory. Now there's a headline. He again tries to convince his siblings that he is the best option if the company is going to do anything but plummet. Shiv reminds him that, based on recent events, the only actual certainty is that Logan did not want Ken running the show. Greg gets a call from Roman asking him to bring a worn sweater that smells like his potentially dying father, and also not to forget the papers. Shit. As Shiv leaves the hospital bathroom with fire in her eyes, Tom chooses this moment to drop on one knee and propose. Shiv, unsurprisingly, suggests that he try another time, but lets him know that for reference her answer would have been yes. Having made a difficult choice regarding slippers and siblings, Greg returns and presses Tom for some info on a job he says Logan gave him. In a turn for the good, which totally catches Greg off guard, Tom tells the young rookie to come and see him when all the dust settles, and he will look after him. Kendall meets with Roman and suggests they go for the top seat together. Kendall as CEO and Roman as COO. Roman declares his interest. They broach the idea with Shiv and Connor and manage to persuade the pair that it is the only way forward. 
Roman berates Greg for forgetting the papers, while Shiv acknowledges his loyalty. The deal making Kendall and Roman CEO and COO is announced to the rest of the Roy Collective. Afterwards, Jerry asks Kendall for a quick word. That quick word reveals a $3 billion debt Logan is currently up to his neck in. And the news, with Logan currently in limbo and the stock's about to plummet, the bank may call it in. Later, a doctor states that they might have hoped for some positive response from Logan by now and suggests the family head home for rest. All except Marcia leave. As she sleeps in a chair alongside her husband's bed, Logan opens his eyes. Kendall is up while the city sleeps. He walks through her silent office, stopping at his dad's desk. Now Kendall Roy, new CEO of Waystar Royco, he cuts a confident figure. Shiv and Tom call to visit Logan now that he's home from the hospital. However, Shiv's attempts to see her father are scuppered by Marcia, who informs her it's out of the question. Tom asks Marcia to check to see if he feels up to visitors. While Marcia's gone, they quiz the nurse on his state, but come up against a wall of silence. Kendall has to make a call to the bank, to which his father is a cool $3 billion in debt. He runs his plans by Jerry, who looks instantly nervous when she hears the plan is to tell the bank to go fuck themselves in a bid to prove he's as ruthless as his old man. The call begins and, true to form, falls flat on its own ass. Kendall tells the bank to fuck off, cue an awkward silence of biblical proportions, and cut to the call ending abruptly, with Waystar still three billion deep in the mire and Kendall much deeper in the shit. Roman, who was listening, confirms it was a shit show and that Kendall handled it like a moron. Elsewhere in the building, Greg arrives for his first day of the job he isn't quite sure he has. Higher up in the building, Shiv bursts into the office to speak to Kendall and Roman about their dad and the fact that Marcia won't let them see him. It transpires none of the kids have seen him in the last four days. Kendall and Roman hold a meeting as a new CEO and COO, respectively. Kendall then tells his team the new strategy to bring in new business he views as lifeboats on the Logan ship that could be about to hit a fucking great iceberg, leaving the fucking great iceberg bit out, naturally. Roman enters his new office to get a feel for the place. Looking out over New York, he unzips his pants and pleasures himself against the glass window, christening his new space. Hey, we've all been there, right? Kendall meets an old friend and big business player, Stewie Hassani, for coffee. Based on the Waystar situation, Stewie suggests maybe his company comes in and takes them over. Kendall immediately offers him a friendly fuck-off. Stewie, though, says he should think about it. Greg finds his new post, and it turns out he's working for Tom. Tom asks, why the fuck are you wearing deck shoes? And Greg admits he's basically broke, emphasized by Greg collecting food from the canteen in a dog shit bag for later. Elsewhere, Shiv meets an old political colleague and former lover, Nate Safrelli. Still reeling after being denied access to her father, she asks Nate to run background checks on Marcia to see if she has any skeletons hanging in her closet. Life in the top job isn't getting easier for Kendall as he's paid a visit by Sandy Furness, rival media mogul and current shark-sensing blood. Sandy plays the I'm here for any advice, we could work together card while making it blatantly clear he is poised to strike. 
Kendall meets Stewie again and proposes a deal where Stewie invests $4 billion in Waystar. Stewie makes a counterproposal, where they both snort a little coke first. Ken declines, but the pair begin the first beats in drumming out a deal, which include a seat on the board and voting stock for Stewie. Connor flies into town to find out what's the deal with Logan. Shiv, Connor, and Tom meet up. She tells them that, based on the background checks, Marcia either came from nothing or has been subject of a cleanup job. As they exit the elevator to the home, they are met head-on by Marcia. Shiv demands to see her father. Marcia tries to stop her, but Shiv storms in. Logan is on a hospital bed in his room. Shiv asks how he is. Logan responds via mumbles. Shiv begins to talk about her life and engagement to Tom, but a confused Logan makes a sexual advance that shakes her. As she exits, she tells Connor and Marcia everything's okay. Based on the successful chat with Stewie, Kendall calls the bank to tell them that they will repay the $3 billion debt and then look for a new banking partner. He gets to carry out his original plan of telling them to go fuck themselves, but this time with a little more swagger and a tad less car crash. That night, he goes to dinner with Rava, still hoping for reconciliation. They talk and laugh together, and he tells her he loves her. She responds with, noted, which is not exactly what Ken wants to hear, but they have sex and spend the night together. Kendall's parade gets us soaking the next morning when Rava reveals she has a lawyer working on their divorce. As Rava leaves, Kendall gets a call from Marcia, who tells him Logan wants to see him. When Kendall enters, Logan is seated on his chair, almost looking like his old self. Kendall begins explaining the route he's taken in his bid to save the company. Logan mumbles, and Kendall leans in closer to hear. You are a fucking idiot, Logan mumbles. Later that morning, as Greg walks to work, he spots Stewie and Sandy Furnace deep in conversation on a park bench. Hmm... Logan is back on his feet, albeit slowly and with the help of a physiotherapist. While his legs still need work, his attitude and language are back with a vengeance. Kendall is shocked to see his dad back in his office chair. Logan says he's just making sure Kendall doesn't sell off any more of the company from under him, but Ken fires back stating it was only necessary because Logan took on a shitload of debt. When Roman arrives, he is met by Frank, who wishes him a good morning, only for Rome to tell him it is not a good morning now, as you're here and I fucking hate you. Frank tells him Logan asked him to return to show his wayward son the ropes. Later, and continuing the theme of bad mornings, Shiv finds out from Roman that the husband of one of her clients running for Senate has posted a picture of his anus online, and that ATN, Logan's news team, will likely run the story. Shiv agrees with the owner of the anus to talk to ATN in a bid to kill the story. Elsewhere in the office, Bill, the best boss that ever lived, Lockhart, is making his leaving speech ahead of Tom stepping up to the plate. Tom is mocking how much love Bill gets. It's like Mandela fucked Santa and gave birth to Bill, he tells Greg. After the speech, Bill approaches Tom and reveals there are a bunch of files, described by Bill as a death pit, the contents of which might be in Tom's best interest to not know the details of. Rather than steer clear, Tom's curiosity sees him dive straight in. Logan hears from Carolina there's a piece in the press about him winding down in the face of Kendall, being the new main man at the upcoming charity dinner. It doesn't go down well. 
He demands she find out where it came from, or she find another prick to pay her a million year. Shiv is at Waystar, asking that they don't run the butthole news piece. She talks to Eva, Waystar's exec producer, but her words fall on deaf ears with Eva reminding her that Shiv only gets into the building because of her surname. Tom tries to talk to Kendall about the death pit files, but Tom recalls his father saying he really loves those who eat shit for him without him ever knowing. Message understood. Tom exits again, saying he'll get himself a knife and fork. Stewie visits Kendall at the office. As they talk, Logan walks in and demands Kendall buy the company he has a meeting with later that day, highlighting who still calls the shots. This works a treat, leaving Ken assuring Stu that he's in the driver's seat, not his dad. Tom, wrestling with information he didn't even want to know about, calls on Greg. He then plonks a heap of files in front of him, saying, That's the death pit. Take a look. Greg is hesitant, but obediently reads. Tom explains that there's a history of theft, rape, and murder on the Waystar Cruises that's been hushed up for decades, but remains a fucking time bomb ready to blow, a.k.a. the death pit. Tom tries to speak to Shiv about the situation, revealing that Bill has told him where some of the bodies are buried, but uh, they're not buried very well. He suggests calling a press conference, in turn making himself the good guy. Shiv is too distracted with Anusgate to listen properly. It is the night of the charity dinner. Big wigs, investors, media tycoons, and money gather under one roof. Connor, who's overseen the setup, is slowly unraveling and trying to make things run like clockwork. While going through the autocue script, he notices a late edition labeled Surprise Logan Retirement Announcement. Jerry approaches Tom about the files. She tells him plans to come clean and hold a press conference would be a very bad idea. Connor goes to see Logan about the surprise retirement announcement planned by Kendall. An unimpressed Logan tells Connor there's a change of plan. Logan will speak, not Kendall. Elsewhere, Tom grabs Greg and accuses him of blabbing to Jerry about the files. Did you bitch me out, pig man? Greg is adamant he didn't tell her. Tom appears, for now, to believe him, and instead seems to shift his suspicions to his fiancée, Shiv. Roman tries a little sucking up to Logan, but is told bluntly to start doing exactly what Frank tells him to. Annoyed, Roman finds his girlfriend Grace being served by a waiter. He suggests the waiter ask for a number since he so clearly likes her. He does, and Roman laughs. Then, an irritated Grace asks for a pen and writes her number down for the man. Kendall is told about the change of speech and goes to Jerry for advice, saying if Logan fucks up in public, they have a major problem. He asks her to talk to him and convince him it's a bad idea. Jerry approaches Logan and wishes him good luck instead. Logan takes the stage and declares despite his recent health nonsense, he is back to run the company. After leaving the stage, Logan confronts Kendall, telling him he sees him trying to shoot him like a dog in the street. Fuck off, he tells his son, before preparing to leave with Marcia. Tom rides home with Shiv, his face etched with worry. Greg is talking with Jerry, and it becomes clear he did indeed spill the beans about the death pit press conference. Roman gets close to Grace, and Logan sleeps in the back of a car alongside a proud Marcia. 
We are behind the wheel with Cousin Greg. He pulls up outside a good-sized house and is greeted at the door by his grandfather, Ewan Roy, Logan's brother. Happy Thanksgiving, says a cheerful Greg. Not for the Indians, replies Ewan. Back in the New York office, Kendall and Roman join Logan, Jerry, Frank, and Carl. Carl is another decent-sized cog in the machinations of the Roy freight train. They hear that there is a potential deal to buy a host of local TV stations. Ken and Roman consider TV a dying media form, but Logan flexes his I'm-in-charge muscles and stomps his size 10s all over their doubts. Logan goes to pour some coffee as the others leave, but fails to stop pouring and has to be rescued by Roman. Frank looks on, sharing a look of concern with Roman. Shiv and Tom talk about marriage. Shiv presents Tom with a prenuptial agreement, but rather than looking it over, an overjoyed Tom simply agrees to sign. The guy is smitten. Whether it's with Shiv or the idea of being inside the Roy Circle of Trust remains to be seen. Later, Tom meets a guy who runs through details of how they can dispose of the pit of death evidence if they can simply find someone to sign out and shred the materials. A someone who may draw a little heat if things go awry. Cut to Tom on a call to Greg. He hears Greg is en route from Canada to New York with his grandpa in tow. Tom tells Greg to hurry as he has a little job for him. Roman is going through a workout with his trainer when Kendall bursts in. Is it true? asks a frantic Ken, talking about the incident with Logan and his overflowing coffee cup. Roman admits it is, asking what Kendall is going to do about him and his desire to buy the TV stations, adding that the only way to gain their father's respect is to try to destroy him. On the road, Greg raises the prospect of Ewan giving up a seat on the Waystar board, but Ewan will need some serious convincing. At home, Kendall is joined by Fran and is keen to know Frank's true motives for returning. He fills Frank in on his belief that Logan is not fit for the role he holds. Frank seems keen to listen, and a vote of no confidence plan is hatched. Ewan and Greg arrive at the Roy home for Thanksgiving. Marcia gives Ewan a warm welcome, keen that the warring siblings get along. Tom corners Greg and asks him to go to the office, sign out the death pit files, and then shred them. Greg begins to squirm, but Tom talks him around. Frank asks Ken about Ewan's presence, concerned at how his vote could screw up their plan. Kendall agrees, approaches Ewan, and begins to plant the seeds that Logan is losing it. In another part of the house, Connor makes a proposition to Willa, his current girlfriend, that they become exclusive, and in return, he will help her fund her theater productions. Greg has left the party and arrived at the office on a mission to kill the evidence with fire. He moves in about as suspicious a way as possible down to the clerk and requests the boxes of files, asking questions about how they keep records of who takes boxes from storage and calls Tom in a panic. Tom tries to convince him all is cool, hangs up, and leaves Greg to it. He begins shredding, and in a surprising move of Naus, keeps some of the paperwork. He watches two men take the shredded papers away. Logan and Ewan get into a heated argument. 
Ewan makes to leave, calling the family a bunch of liars. Kendall follows and tells Ewan that Logan is sick and is making bad decisions that will destroy the company. He reveals there will be a vote of no confidence and questions where Ewan's loyalty might lie. He's still my brother, Ewan tells him. The color drains from Kendall's cheeks. Tom mentions a shiv. There was no area covering infidelity in the prenup. Shiv says it's unnecessary as they are grown-ups, and sometimes things happen when people travel. I don't travel that much, says a worried Tom. Roman and Grace argue again, and Roman declares the relationship over. Tom approaches the returned Greg. Welcome to the family, he tells him. During a parlor game, Logan again struggles with his mind. When Kendall's son approaches... Telling his grandpa he's lost the game, Logan strikes the boy across the face with a tin can. Kendall and Rava whisk their son away as Ken yells at his dad. Later, Jerry finds Kendall on the balcony and asks why Ewan was so mad at him. Hinting she knows something is about to go down, she tells him she loves his dad but works for Waystar. And if they're thinking about moving against Logan, she's in. Greg packs and leaves Roman. Willa looks over a sleeping Connor, uncomfortable in her position at his side. Tom lies awake, distant, as Shiv sleeps next to him. Marcia dresses Logan for bed. He recounts the items from the memory parlor game, much to Marcia's delight. While outside, a troubled Kendall smokes alone. We open with Kendall and Stewie at an album release party, where Kendall drops the news that there's a plan to call a vote of no confidence on Logan. Stewie is worried and asks Ken to reassure him he can win. Kendall does, and Stu confirms he is 100% ethically, spiritually, and morally behind whoever wins. With friends like these? Sheesh. Logan's on a plane en route to see the president he describes as a Californian shrunken little raisin and is pissed off the president didn't fly to visit him. Back in New York, Kendall meets with Roman, Frank, and Jerry to discuss the meeting with Stewie. They run the plan and begin totting up voter numbers. Of the board members, Lawrence Yee is considered an unknown and Ewan uncertain. With only one needed to swing the vote, Kendall says he will get Lawrence on board, despite him hating Ken's guts. Tom, with a black eye, gets a call telling him that the death pit paperwork is taken care of and breathes a huge sigh of relief. Shiv, however, is preoccupied with her political career. She does, however, manage to break the news that she has told her mom they will get married in England. Roman talks Kendall into letting him bring Lawrence in, pitching, Everyone likes me. I look like a matador and everybody wants to fuck me. Trust me. Tom finds Greg in the office and offers to take him out for dinner while Shiv is away making career decisions. In Washington, Logan receives news the president has canceled the meeting. He demands his people find out if this is genuine or a snub. Later, Roman is whining and dining Lawrence and his boyfriend. He broaches the subject of the no-confidence vote, and Lawrence asks for his vision for the future. Roman describes a world where news consumption is about tiny morsels of knowledge. Lawrence seems to be buying it, but he has had a drink or two. Shiv is at a bar where she's met by Nate. They talk shop from opposite sides of the political spectrum, before Shiv suggests maybe Nate join her side. They flirt shamelessly throughout. Greg eats in a cafe with his grandpa Ewan, who's in town for the upcoming vote. 
Fast forward and having already eaten, Greg now sits opposite Tom for another dinner, who's ordered the tasting menu. Greg's stomach groans. He admit he already ate with Ewan and why his grandfather's in town. Tom immediately leaves to make a call. Marcia contacts Kendall and asks if he'll have dinner with Logan that night. Kendall reluctantly agrees. Just after he arrives, his phone rings. It's Tom, calling him to tell Ewan's in town to vote. Ken asks who his sources are. I can't reveal them, says Tom, but it's Greg. Excited, Tom returns to the table. The troops are taking Saddam's palace, man, he tells Greg. I could be like the, he thinks for a moment, third most important guy in the company. At Logan's, Kendall joins his dad for dinner. He's jumpy and paranoid, as though every word hints Logan is aware of the plan no-confidence vote. Logan, though, seems oblivious. Shiv and Nate are back at his place, drinking and talking and flirting shamelessly. They begin to get intimate, but have second thoughts and go to bed separately. The next morning dawns. The big day. The vote. Kendall is wired, trying to ensure they have enough votes in their favor. He ditches Frank at the office and makes a dash to Long Island in a bid to get a yes vote from Alana Shinoy. We see the pair talk, but don't hear what is said. Kendall gets back to his helicopter, but the skies are closed due to restrictions, so can't take off. Suddenly, Ken's on a serious timer— Desperate to get back to New York for the vote, but stuck in Long Island. He dashes for a car. In the office, there's a buzz in the air as they prepare to tangle with the giant that is Logan Roy. Lawrence chats with Roman, curious as to where Kendall is. Ken, in fact, is stuck in traffic with a poor connection. He just about manages to get hold of Jerry and asks her to stall. Everyone is in the boardroom awaiting the main event. Logan enters, completely oblivious. Frank requests a late start to the meeting as Kendall is stuck in traffic, but Logan denies it. The meeting kicks off. Buying time, Frank takes a roll call, much to Logan's annoyance. Back in traffic, Kendall jumps from the car and makes for the office on foot. There's tension in the air. Ewan enters the meeting, surprising Logan. Ewan reveals he's there to watch the fun. Frank and Jerry looks worried as Logan begins to gauge that all is not right. Roman gets a call from Kendall, asking to be put on loudspeaker. His voice rings out in the office. He declares he loves his father, but that he is unfit to run the company and is making decisions that will destroy the firm. He calls for the vote of no confidence. Logan is furious. Bullshit. No, he says, and declares he will not leave the room because he's sick. Frank asks for all in favor of the no confidence vote. There is a moment of silence and still. Then Kendall declares he is raising his hand. No shit, Judas, says Logan. Frank follows suit, followed by Aisha. Kendall calls on Stewie to vote, but rather than voting in favor, Stu abstains. Two votes for Logan land. Ilana calls and casts a vote in favor of no confidence, much to Logan's disgust. Ewan, however, votes against the motion and stays with his brother. Kendall arrives and frantically hammers the elevator buttons as he listens in to the votes falling. He calls on Lawrence to vote, but Lawrence abstains. Ken then turns to Jerry for backup, but Jerry too lets him down. All eyes fall on Roman. Kendall tries to convince him to do what's right. 
Then the line dies. Roman almost raises a hand in favor of the no-confidence vote. You better be smelling your fucking armpit, Romulus, Logan says. Roman backs down. As Kendall bursts in, he finds out his coup has failed. You lost, says Logan, before then firing all who voted against him and raging at the room. Ken stands in abject disbelief before security escort him from the building. Shiv gets a call from Connor about what went down at the vote. She realizes Tom knew, and she is furious. Later, Logan takes a call from the president and beautifully puts him on hold for a moment before answering. He finds out the prez really did have a terrorist problem. Logan declares he just took out a terrorist of his own, his son, Kendall. Kendall walks the streets, lost. He stops and stands, no idea where to go. Logan Roy heads into his office, but on a short walk is approached by a man holding a phone camera, aggressively telling Logan he loves the work he does, all the racism and misogyny. As Logan brushes past, another man steps forward and throws a piss-filled water balloon at him, which explodes in an impressive spray of gold. Cleaned up and at his desk, Logan is joined by Stewie, who is concerned about the TV news station purchase, declaring in the nicest possible way that the real issue is everybody fucking hates Logan. Stewie is concerned. Kendall has launched a lawsuit against his dad, half the board were fired, and people think having Roman as COO is a bad joke. Stu suggests that before making any business moves, the first thing to do for the Roy family is to fix themselves and their public image. Good luck with that. Elsewhere, Shiv is with Nate. Poor Tom. They watch a campaign video of Senator and presidential candidate Gil Evis, who Nate works for. Nate is hoping to get Shiv into Team Gil. Shiv has doubts, not least about the chemistry between her and Nate and where that might lead. Nate does little to allay her fears. Back with Logan. Operation Make the Roy Family Look Like the Walton Family is in full swing. Logan hears that a news story will run on the bonding of the family, the triumph after the turmoil. This will coincide with a family therapy session to take place on Connor's New Mexico ranch, Austerlitz. Logan is reluctant and asks in particular if the traitor has to be there. But Jerry mentions that if they can get Kendall to drop the lawsuit, life will become easier. Roman visits Kendall to convince him to come to the session, but instead meets a housekeeper who tells him Ken hasn't been home in weeks. He calls Logan and relays the news, who declares it's time for Plan B, Operation Black Sheep. Curious? Cut to Kendall taking a call from Rava. He looks jaded, heavy bags under his eyes. She tells him there's an article going around about Ken possibly being back on drugs. He tells her it isn't true, tries desperately to convince her, but she's dubious and doesn't let him see his kids this weekend. Cut to New Mexico's ranch Austerlitz. As the family settles in, Marcia corners Tom and tells him that Logan thinks Shiv knew about the attempted coup, but he will talk to her if she apologizes. Tom replies that Shiv feels she has nothing to be sorry for, as she didn't know anything. Cut to Shiv, who's watching mildly flirty messages from Nate pop up on her phone. She smiles, then sheepishly glances at Tom. Elsewhere, at a car rental, Kendall picks up a vehicle and drives away. The following morning, with Tom showering, Shiv takes a call from Nate. 
he asks her to meet him and Gil Evis at a hotel in Santa Fe. She asks to reschedule, then hangs up when Tom appears. The first session gets underway. Therapist Dr. Alon Parfit opens the session with a short speech on how parents screw up their kids despite not meaning to. He then opens the floor. Logan opens by saying how his kids mean everything to him. The kids look confused. Shiv wonders if they're only there for a photo opportunity rather than actual healing. Logan clumsily reveals it's not only a photo shoot, but also an interview. Oh. Cut to Kendall at a dingy New Mexico bar. He asks for non-alcoholic beer, then settles on sparkling water. The bartender, Janelle, notes the name on his bank card and tells him a story about Connor paying a guy called Skunkhead Tanner three grand to take his dying dog because he couldn't watch it suffer. Skunkhead shot the dog in the parking lot. Ken then asks her for a double vodka. He hesitates, takes a sip, and approaches Skunkhead. Back in therapy, Shiv moves the conversation to Kendall and the reports of him taking drugs, wondering if the stories came from her father. His denials fall on deaf ears. After the first session closes, Tom is keen for the gossip, but Shiv tells him she's going to Santa Fe to meet Gil. Kendall finds himself at Skunkhead's place with a few other guys smoking meth. Back in Santa Fe, Shiv meets with Nate and Gil. Gil asks her to join his team, but says there's an issue that she's a Roy. He tells her she should know he plans to go for Logan's throat in his campaign for president. Shiv takes the job. Nate suggests they maybe head back to his hotel to make some memories on his memory foam mattress, but instead, Shiv takes his hand and places it inside her pants while she thinks things over. Poor Tom. The ranch photoshoot descends to just Logan and Roman. After Dr. Alon dives headlong into a shallow pool and is whisked to the hospital with his teeth in a jiffy bag. Elsewhere, Kendall is now flying high with the birds. He calls Roman, revealing he's high but has total clarity. Roman arrives at Skunkhead Manor to grab his brother, who is now more inclined to adopt a who cares approach. Shiv returns to Austerlitz. Where have you been? Logan asks ominously. Kendall begins banging against the window outside, singing, and makes an impressive entrance, but Logan is blazing about Shiv. He knows she's going to work for Gil, his, well, one of his archenemies. Shiv defends herself, saying she believes in Gil, but Logan believes she's deliberately undermining his entire business strategy. Enter Kendall, declaring his old dad has no business plan beyond stepping into bed with presidents. You're just a high-class hooker, he states, before offering a no offense to nearby Willa. Logan is not for backing down. He calls Shiv a fucking coward for marrying Tom, a man fathoms beneath her, and that she's scared of competing and being betrayed. A tearful Shiv exits, followed by a slightly bewildered Tom. Kendall calls Logan out on his actions. He tells his dad he's so fucking jealous of what he's given his own kids he can't handle it. Calling his own daughter a coward until she cries? Big man, he says as Logan goes to attack, but is pulled away by Marcia. He calls Ken a fucking nobody and storms out of the room. We close on a new dawn. Kendall walks into the nearby countryside, climbs a hill, and basks in the sunlight, and snorts cocaine off his hand. Logan swims under the watchful eyes of Marcia. 
He exits the pool, and we see age-old scars across his back and echo back to his brutal childhood. The deal for local TV is being hammered out. An offer is on the table for the purchase of 70 local TV stations, and the sellers appear satisfied with it, but Logan is unhappy. He's concerned that he's being sold something at a fair price. What the fuck's going on? Roman says the guy just wants out fast. If he does, says Logan, we fuck him. Jerry agrees it's never good if the opposite party is still smiling. Logan demands a much lower bid is made. Big business, eh? As Roman goes to leave, he's caught by Stewie. Stu asks about Kendall, and we hear Ken is still on the drugs. We then learn Tom has an upcoming bachelor party, Destination Prague. Roman's bachelor party preoccupation is suddenly hijacked when Stewie tells him, Fuck Prague. You ever heard of romboy parties? Roman listens and perks up further at the news Sandy Furness will also be there ripe for a deal. Before he leaves, Stewie tells Roman to bring Kendall along to the party, keen for a reunion. Kendall is in the back of a cab alongside Frank, looking at a pair of impressive trainers. He straps them on his feet. You good? asks Frank. I'm psyched, reveals Ken. Turns out they're off to a business meeting with two young female artists who have an idea for an app called Dust. Ken is full-on cringe. Big fan of what you guys do. Fucking sweet chili sauce is just his opener. When he feels they're losing the room, Ken switches to a more humble approach, telling them he knows little about art but knows how to monetize their idea and offers to throw his flash trainers out the window. His charm begins to pay off. Logan tells Greg to make sure Kendall comes back alive from the bachelor party. Greg says, of course. Then mentions he wants to move from Parks to another area of the firm due to the abuse he suffers. Logan immediately knows it's Tom. I didn't know he had it in him, he smiles. He tells Greg if he takes care of Kendall, then they can talk. Elsewhere, Shiv and Nate listen to Gil making an impassioned speech, largely dissing Shiv's dad. A call comes in from Tom who tells her there's a change of plan from Prague and he's worried it might get a little disgusting. Shiv tells him to enjoy himself for a night as they are both adults. Kendall arrives at the bachelor party late and Greg immediately gives him a hug, ensuring he keeps his end of the deal with Logan. They all stand in front of a disused train tunnel. Roman assures him it's going to be great. Tom worries he's being lured in and will end up waking up in Belgium with no eyebrows. They arrive at a door deep in the darkness. A woman greets them. Welcome to Romboy. Inside, Stewie waits. He's happy to see Kendall, but the feeling is not mutual. Greg plays his new role of Kendall's guardian angel well, checking he has everything he needs and nothing he shouldn't have. So... Kendall immediately asks if Greg can find him some ketamine. Ah. Tom is pretty disappointed to find an arty sort of underground party with the hip and the hot. However, he begins to come around to the idea he can maybe do that one night of fun thing Shiv mentioned. His wind is momentarily taken from his wild oats sewing sales when Greg asks if Shiv lives by the same rules. Connor drops a few happy pills, despite Roman's protestations. Stewie apologizes to Ken, telling him he loves him but had to follow the money. 
Stu then asks how Kendall would feel about getting all the way out of the firm for the princely sum of half a billion dollars. Is this for real? Ken asks. Stu confirms it is and leads Ken to talk further with Sandy Furness, his business partner. Elsewhere, Shiv and Nate are finally in bed together. Shiv tells him what they're doing is just for fun, nothing serious, it's nothing. Back at the party, Kendall meets Sandy and finds out that Sandy is actually already in on Waystar. Sandy's me and I'm Sandy, explains Stewie. Ken is shocked at the revelation. As Sandy explains, he's a parasite on a parasite. Ken and Sandy are left to talk. Roman, who was hoping to talk to Sandy himself, wanders over to interrupt. He begins to pitch to Sandy about the purchase of the TV stations, but Ken undermines his every word. As things get heated, Roman reveals that Kendall used to lock Roman in a cage in a game where Rome played a dog and was made to eat dog food out of a bowl. Sandy nips off to grab a drink and leaves the boys to their arguments. Roman checks with Connor whether the dog cage story was true or something he had imagined. Connor confirms its reality but then tells Roman he used to love it. Roman calls bullshit, saying the game was the reason he went weird, started wetting the bed, and was sent to military school. Connor disagrees again, saying he asked to go to military school. You're full of shit, declares Roman as he storms away. A panicked Greg is looking for Kendall while Tom makes a call to Shiv to check again the rules of their agreement. Frank tells Kendall the artists have decided to go with someone else to launch their app. So Ken goes off in search of Angela to resurrect his chances. Angela revealed they jump ship because Kendall is a Roy and it would be like marrying Hitler. Kendall immediately seeks escape in a long line of coke. In a TV studio, Nate and Shiv watch as Gil is grilled by a presenter about the recent suicide of his wife and his own mental health. Gil loses his cool early, saying this line of questioning is a hack job by Logan Roy, whose only daughter now works for him. Shiv is less than impressed. Back to the party, and a stressed Greg searches for Kendall. He finds him about to snort another four lines of coke and tries to rein him in. When Ken questions his motives, Greg reveals the truth that Logan asked him to watch him and keep him safe. Ken tells Greg the only way to stop him snorting the four lines is for Greg to take two for himself. Against his better judgment, Greg powders his beak. Shiv meets Logan in a bar in town. Logan believes Shiv is being used and asks her to come into the family business, saying he always believed her to be the smartest of his children. She says she sees through him and exits the bar again. Tom catches the eye of a woman called Tabitha and finally, after numerous calls to Shiv, makes his move. Roman catches up with Stewie and asks to talk to Sandy. He agrees to set it up. Tom returns to Greg with, well, this story about going into a side room with Tabitha. In Tom's words, she goes down on me and then I splooge in her mouth and get this, she kisses me and puts it back in my mouth and I swallow Greg is kind of disgusted and weirded out, and it turns out maybe Tom is also not convinced as he takes a big drink of water. Ken meets Sandy and turns down the half a billion offer, but wants to go after Logan together in return for being CEO. Marcia calls Shiv to say it's not a good idea for Logan to be at her wedding in England because of his health. Logan listens alongside his wife.
Back at the party, Roman is finally talking shop with Sandy. He feels they might have a deal, but as he leaves, Sandy tells Stewie they will jerk him around for a bit and then throw him back. The party is over and the group waits for cars. Word is out that Tom swallowed his own load. He still insists it's cool. And also, it's like he didn't cheat because the sperm stayed in his own body. Elsewhere, Kendall walks into a boardroom and takes a seat opposite Stewie and Sandy, who slide a contract over the table to him. We're at Eastmore Castle, England, on the eve of Shiv and Tom's wedding. The scene is all newly arrived and very well-dressed guests, expensive cars, and a deliriously happy and immensely stressed Tom waving as a coach rounds the corner. He embraces his parents as they exit the vehicle and also welcomes his crew of friends, a.k.a. the Fly Guys. Shiv is otherwise engaged with Nate and Gil. She tells a distracted Gil that he doesn't have to come to her wedding, which is probably a good call as Gil is on the warpath. Fuckers, I'll fucking kill him. I'll take them to pieces, he rants. Nate lets Shiv know a TV presenter implied Gil murdered his wife, a theory raised by Logan when he last met Shiv. Gil wants to destroy ATM and tasks her with finding some serious dirt on ATN. Kendall meets Stewie in a pub to finalize their hostile takeover plot. Stu reveals there's some concern from Canada about Kendall as CEO, but don't worry, it can all be smoothed over. He asks Ken why he's so jumpy. Kendall says maybe it's because he's about to fuck Roman, Shiv, and Connor, possibly blow what's left of his dad's brain while taking the company from his family. Uh, that might do it. Back in New York, Logan is on the phone to Jerry wondering if Shiv is ready to come begging for his presence yet. He's adamant he won't be there unless Shiv comes crawling to apologize. He then asks after his ex-wife Caroline, inquiring if she's still with that chinless hippie prick. In the back of a car, Tom is talking about what name he might use after the wedding, pondering Tom Roy as his title. But he's blindsided when Shiv tells him she could do with knowing about the pit of death files he disposed of from cruises, Shiv seeking that ammo Gil requested. Tom is reluctant to spill the details. They arrive at the church for rehearsals along with Kendall, Roman, and Logan's second wife, Caroline Collingwood. Much to the delight of Roman, his date for the do is Tabitha, the girl who gave Tom possibly his weirdest sexual encounter to date at the bachelor party. Late to the rehearsal is Greg, who greets Caroline as Your Excellency. She immediately remembers him from many years ago. You're Greg Egg, she exclaims. When you were born, you looked like a little misshapen egg. She then recalls Greg's dad used to try to sleep with all the men in Solsonito. Later, Kendall walks and talks with Frank. He tries to find out what the Canadians think of him and hints about the impending takeover move. Frank is impressed and asks about the possibility of him getting some reward, too. Frank then tells him they used to refer to Ken as the calamari cock ring. Frank admits he has no idea what that means, but to be honest, it doesn't sound like a compliment. After failing to get a good PR reason for not attending his only daughter's wedding, Logan decides he'd better go after all. When news reaches Shiv, she's unhappy, as is Kendall and Caroline, who tries to stir the pot, telling Shiv, you being the second most important person at your wedding will take the pressure off. Later that evening, a party is underway when Nate asks Shiv to step away with him as Gil wants a word. 
Tom watches them leave, but also sees Shiv pushing Nate's hand off her hip. Gil is upset that Logan's going to attend, but she tells him she's working on getting the serious dirt that will help destroy her father's empire. A trigger-happy Gil is placated, for now. At the bar, Nate approaches Tom and offers congratulations, while also dropping the info that he used to date Shiv. Info Tom was previously completely unaware of. Having seen her two men talking, Shiv heads over and asks Tom if he's okay. They head to their room to talk. Shiv asks him again if he's ready to spill the details on the death pit, but Tom steers the conversation to Nate. Shiv plays cool and says she thought they'd met previously and calls Nate a colleague and a dick. Tom wants to know if she's cheating on him because he sees the vibes. Shiv lies and Tom tells her he will reveal the truth to her about the cruises stuff based on the understanding that they trust one another. Back at the party, Kendall and Rava argue over the impending divorce. She tells him, have a fucking line if you need one that bad. Ken responds with a fuck you and the two part ways. Kendall's paranoia about the hostile takeover bid begins to kick hard. Back in the bedroom, Tom is telling Shiv about the cruises stuff. She begins taking notes as Tom gets comfy and lets the whole sorry tale of murder, rape, and cover-up spin into the air, again declaring it not very wedding-y, just as Logan and Marcia arrive by helicopter. Nate tries his luck with Shiv again, getting touchy-feely. This time, the act is witnessed by Greg. Logan makes a bold entrance to the hall and heads straight for Shiv. I'm feeling much better, he declares. Great, says Shiv, but you weren't invited. Logan then moves to Kendall. Logan playfully offers him a reference for his resume, before asking how long until Ken returns to the fold. As Logan starts up to bed, Shiv stops him in his tracks. Sleep well, Dad. Might be your last good one for a decade or so. He pauses, unsure what she means. The cruise situation, says Shiv. Logan states he has no idea what she's talking about and continues to bed. As Shiv makes to leave, Logan calls down to her, saying mysteriously that someone will be in touch. Despite the early days nature of the relationship, Roman brings up marriage with Tabitha. She laughs at the idea and says the relationship is not exactly normal as they never have sex. Later, Shiv meets Jerry to tell her she knows about the death pit files. Shiv plays the blackmail card, saying she can maybe get Gil to hold back if Logan's outlets stop attacking Gil and bringing up his dead wife. Shiv adds that Tom has to be kept clean, too, maybe moved up in the firm or away altogether. Elsewhere, Stewie talks to Kendall. He has Sandy on the line. Ken is worried he's about to be booted, but instead, Stu says that they want to accelerate the takeover to the next day, Shiv's wedding day. Kendall is adamant that is unacceptable, declaring, fuck this. But Sandy mentions that he knows Ken leaked the news to Frank after a reporter got in touch, and they have to act fast. Sandy is ready to go, and Kendall is strapped in for the ride, probably a bumpy one. As Tom once said to a coke-fueled Greg, buckle up, fucklehead. The next morning, Greg spots Tom running and stops him. He tries to tell him he thinks Shiv is having an affair, but Tom doesn't want to hear it. No, you're wrong. Shut up, Greg. Greg persists, but is told to shut the fuck up. Greg doesn't, and Tom wrestles him to the ground, screaming at him to shut up before continuing on with his morning run. 
Logan talks with Gil, and the pair find a compromise built from Shiv's intervention. Tom and Shiv prepare for their wedding day. Kendall goes over the hostile takeover plans with Stewie as paperwork is faxed through. Shiv enters the back of a car alongside her dad. He offers her kind words and takes her hand. Stewie asks if there's any chance Logan will simply do a deal. No, says Ken. He'll never retreat. It'll be hostile. It's the wedding day and hostile takeover day. What a day! Kendall and Stewie are going over the details of retrieving power. Stu asks who's going to hand deliver the letter to Logan. Both are reluctant, but Kendall steps up. He walks through the post-wedding celebrations and arrives at a door where he stops dead. He knocks. Marcia opens the door and ushers him in. Logan calls him into the bathroom where he's shaving. He talks about the nice service, but Kendall stops him. This isn't a nice thing, I'm afraid. He then places the letter into Logan's hand, asking him to read it. Ken explains the contents. Logan asks, is this a fucking bear hug? Kendall confirms it is and reveals they have the financing. He then begins to meander. No, says Logan, fuck off. Logan shouts for Marcia and tells her he needs Jerry and Carl now, because by tomorrow he might have nothing. Back in the relative norms of the party, Connor talks to Gil and tries to engage in a debate. When the senator makes an excuse to leave, Connor believes he wiped the floor with him. Roman finds a bathroom to excitedly watch a Japanese rocket launch he's overseen on his phone. The rocket catastrophically explodes into a fireball. Roman calmly pockets his phone, washes his hands, and exits the bathroom with a look that screams, Oh, fuck! In another room, Kendall and Stewie snort coke together in celebration. Logan is preparing to leave ASAP for New York, ready to fight his corner. Connor steals Willa away with some big news. He's found a job he wants to do, president of the USA. Willa laughs, but Connor's face is deadly serious. Elsewhere, Tabitha asks Roman how the launch went. Great, lies Roman, as a beep from his phone messenger goes into overdrive. A waiter accidentally spills a drink on Logan, who calls the guy a fucking prick and demands he be fired. Jerry approaches Roman and tells him she's had 40 calls about the launch and how it blew up. Roman plays dumb. He asks if there were any casualties and admits he pressured the launch to be brought forward for Shiv's wedding, like a big firework. Jerry tells him he could be looking at corporate manslaughter charges. Speeches are made. Logan makes a passionate speech about the importance of family, declaring, No one can ruin this day. Kendall looks awkward. Roman looks scared. Nate catches up to Shiv and wants to know what the fuck happened to the plan to bury ATN. Now she's found a compromise between Gil and Logan. She tells him if he can't handle it, then fuck off. Nate asks, Who even is she? I'm Shiv fucking Roy, says Shiv fucking Roy. Later, Logan manipulates events so all his children end up in the same room, having filled in Roman, Shiv, and Connor on Ken's betrayal. They immediately attack Kendall, he tries to explain, but none of his siblings are ready to listen. Roman calls his brother a piece of shit. What the fuck is wrong with you, demands Shiv, to do this on my wedding day? Logan enters the room. How's the torture going, he asks. He suggests Kendall owes them all an explanation, but Ken is not interested and leaves. He chases more coke. Stewie suggests they keep clear heads for tomorrow, but 
Kendall is keen for more, just to straighten her. Stu has none. Roman finds out from Jerry that although two guys lost thumbs and there's one arm unaccounted for after the launch disaster, nobody died. Result! Greg finds Ken and wishes him good luck. Kendall asks if Greg knows how to lay his hands on some drugs. Greg, however, talks about how he helped shred the cruises' files, but how he also kept some, and that maybe somebody about to move into power might be wise to keep him on board. Kendall is impressed. Greg the motherfucking egg. I see you, Greg. I like it. Greg the egg is coming out of his shell. Shiv confesses to Tom about her affair with Nate. Although hurt, he takes the news as well as he can and asks if he can send Nate home. Shiv then admits she's unsure if she's a good fit for a monogamous marriage and asks about alternatives to what she describes as the box set death march. Again, Tom takes this news with a calmness. They then consummate the marriage. Ken finds a waiter smoking weed out back and joins him. It's the same guy that Logan demanded was fired called Andrew Dodds. Ken asks if he knows anywhere he can get something a little stronger than weed. He does. Tom tells Nate to go fuck himself, and if he ever sees him in the same room as Shiv again, he'll pay men to break Nate's legs, then makes Nate pour the wine from his glass back into the bottle. Outside in his car, Andrew takes ketamine, but Ken wants coke. Andrew says he knows someone but doesn't want to drive right away. Kendall tells him he'll drive. They pull away. On the road, Andrew is getting spacey and drifting. Kendall opens a window and struggles driving the manual gear stick. Suddenly, a deer is in the headlights, and Andrew grabs the wheel, veering them from the road and deep into an icy river. Kendall breaks the surface, grabs a lungful of air, and dives again trying to rescue Andrew. He fails and drags himself up the bank. Shell-shocked, he staggers from the scene and then breaks into a run. Fireworks light the sky as he approaches the castle through the darkness. As he reaches his room, he realizes he doesn't have his keycard on him, having lost it in the crash. He breaks a window and enters his room. He showers in a daze, scrubs at his wet clothing, then dresses in a fresh suit, and leaves his room to rejoin the party. At breakfast the next morning, he bumps into Greg and hears that a waiter got into a crash and was maybe high. Ken asks how the guy is. I guess he died, says Greg. Kendall is approached and told Logan wants a word. Logan informs Ken that the waiter he had an issue with died last night. He asks, did Kendall know? Ken says he just found out. Logan says one of his guys spotted Kendall's key card at the scene, and he was spotted looking a little damp. Logan says he can handle it for him and that maybe Ken should get in the car, head to his dad's plane, and relax. Logan isn't done yet, though. He tells Ken to let Sandy and Stewie know he's out of the takeover, then go to the desert and dry out. Kendall begins to break down as Logan lays on the potential consequences thick if the truth comes out. This could be the defining moment of your life, Logan tells him. A rich kid kills a boy, you'll never be anything else. Or it could be nothing at all. A sad detail at a wedding where father and son reconcile. He opens his arms to his son, 
Kendall sobs, and Logan holds him. You're my number one boy. I hope this was useful. If you need any more help, all episodes of Previously On Succession are now live. Just search in the Previously On feed. And don't forget, once season three airs, we'll have a weekly discussion episode hosted by Jamie East, along with some very special guests, which will go out the following morning. Thanks for listening. Produced and published by Daft Doris. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.